Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. Here is your host, Justin Strawn. Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Glad to be with you for the late week edition as we are getting prepared to wrap up the 2019 football season. There are just two games left. Mississippi State will take on Abilene Christian on Saturday. We will be discussing a little bit about it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Abilene Christian game. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you guys. I just don't think there's any reason to spend that much time on it. And I'll tell you why once we get into the heart of the show. But we will be discussing a lot about the men's basketball team we'll discuss the women's basketball team a little bit as well but we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on the two basketball teams today but like i said we'll we'll start the show off once we get into it on the football game and then we will jump into the basketball teams and what they are facing this weekend so appreciate you guys tuning in but before we get into any of that let's talk about our sponsor cherokee valley golf course If you're a golfer and you live in the greater Memphis area, you're probably just like me looking for the best opportunity for you to spend your golfing time wisely. Well, why not look and check out Cherokee Valley Golf Course? My son and I golf there almost every single time we go out, and it's a great course whether you're a skilled golfer looking for a challenge or if you're a beginner somewhat like me and just trying to learn how to play the game. My son and I have been playing there for years, and we would highly recommend it. They've done a great job of keeping the course maintained. It's a beautiful course. Lots of wonderful practice facilities. No reason that you shouldn't be out there honing your game. So if you're in the Olive Branch area or in the greater Memphis area, give Cherokee Valley Golf Course a look and go ahead and tell them I sent you. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course. You can call them at 662-893-4444 or you can book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com. Alright, before we get into the actual show, I want to remind you guys that if you are trying to find different outlets out there to listen to the podcast, to listen to the show, I have different uh, options available to you. There is a SoundCloud app, which I know a lot of you listen to the show through, but if you prefer the iTunes podcast app, that is there for you as well. You can just simply look for Starkville State of Mind on the Apple podcast app. You can find it there. And would love it if you would give us a five-star review and also drop us a little a little message about what you think about the show. That would help us out a lot in terms of getting the show out to other people. You also have Spotify available to you. There are Spotify podcasts out there. So if you prefer Spotify, if you have a service, if you go to your podcast through Spotify, you can search for us by Startville State of Mind on it. And last but not least, on the Google Play Store, for those of you who are Android users, that is available for you as well. So all of those options are available to you. However it is that you get your podcast, I do appreciate you listening, and I pray that you continue to do so and continue to tell your friends about the show. Now, let's go ahead and get into the show. Now, I said I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Abilene Christian, guys, and I'm not. Look, I know a lot of people say, oh, you can't look past the opponent. Look. I can do whatever. I'm not going to anything I do is not going to be is not going to affect anything that happens on the field on Saturday. So I can do whatever I need to, whatever I want to. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian is five and six overall. They are an FCS team and they are seventh in the Southland Conference. Their wins this year have come against these teams. They have beaten uh, they have beaten Arizona Christian sixty six to fourteen. They beat McNeese seventeen to ten. Houston Baptist 45 to 20, Stephen F. Austin 31 to 24. That was a double overtime game. They beat Nichols 37 to 31 in an overtime game, and that was their last win. Their six losses have come to North Texas 31 51 to 31, 
Uh, Central Arkansas, 31 to 30. Uh, UIW, I don't know who UIW is. That's 31 to 24. They lost to Lamar, 27 to 24. And they've lost their last two games to Sam Houston State, 24 to 10. And Southeastern Louisiana, 35 to 14. Mississippi State is their last game of the year. They will likely finish 5 and 7. They probably will not be making it to the postseason because FCS does a tournament and they're not going to be invited to the tournament. So this will be their last game. They should lose it. Look, I'd. They've got, a, for what they have played, they've got a pretty good run defense. So I would guess that this is probably going to be an easier opportunity for Tommy Stevens to get on track and get his receivers on track before the Ole Miss game in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. That's just a guess. Like I said, I'm not spending that much time on it. The Mississippi State should win this game relatively easily. I'm thinking, I'm going to predict 52... To 17. I think they get a few points on the board in garbage time, and I don't know if they would cover or not. That's a 35-point win, so I don't think Mississippi State would cover. I think this is, I think they're a 36-point favorite, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, that doesn't matter regardless. So basically, we're we're just waiting to get to the egg bowl at this point with the football team because uh, that's going to be the game that ends up determining what happens now i will say this for those of you who are hoping and praying that joe moorhead is not at the helm next year and look i kind of do too uh but i don't want it to come at the just complete expense of this season uh but i don't think it's going to happen I, I really don't but if it if you want it to happen mr state needs to lose this game they need to lose badly to old miss that's just kind of my, my personal opinion. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I, I, at least not for this weekend. I don't know what's going to happen next week during the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. I, I, I still don't know. I still don't have a clue about that. I don't think it is a foregone conclusion like many of you do. But I don't think Mississippi State is losing this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to being. Maybe if the only way that Abilene Christian might be able to keep it close early is if they get the ball first and they're able to score on the first drive. That's about the only way that I could see that they, they keep it close at least for a little bit. And even then, I'm not that confident in their ability to do so. So, like I said, that's my prediction for the, this weekend's game. I think that's kind of what's going to happen. And I think that's the way things play out when Mississippi State takes on Abilene Christian. Now, let's talk about the basketball team. because The women's team is currently playing. They are playing Jackson State. It is a true road game. They are playing at Jackson State. It's a good, it's a good way for Vic Schaefer to get... It's a good way for him to get the team a, good, a true road game and not have to, you know, just really exert yourself in that game because you should be winning... I mean, they should win this game relatively easily. I'm assuming that they are. Uh, yeah, they're up 45 to 22 at halftime, so they're up by 23 points. Uh, they got up to a little bit of a slow start. They were up 19 to 11 at the end of the first quarter. That's just kind of as typical with the women's team. They kind of start off a little bit slow, and then they kind of put teams away in the second and third quarter. And that's just kind of what the Mississippi State women's basketball team does. They're going to be fine. I'm not that worried about them. Let's talk about the men's team. The men's team. Interesting thing that happened this morning when I was – when I woke up, and I'll, typically what I do when it, for the basketball team, I like to check the check the ESPN app to see if what the spread is, just because it kind of gives me an idea of what people are thinking going into the game. And when I opened up the ESPN app this morning, it showed Tulane as a twelve point favorite. I was like, "Do what? That is is that right? That can't be right." Because I, look, I know Tulane has had success in their basketball program in the past, but I didn't think this was one of those years. They got a brand new coach. 
and they were kind of trying to incorporate four like four to five transfers that were coming into play for them this year. So I just didn't see how that could be possible, and it wasn't. It ended up not being correct. Uh, it, Mississippi State was an 11.5-point favorite coming into this game, and they played like it. Uh, the Mississippi State ended up winning this game with relative ease. There was a, there was a time for – throughout the first half, there were times when Tulane was trying to keep it close, and a lot of it was due to turnovers because this that is the one area that continues to plague this men's basketball team is they just turn the ball over – a lot more than they need to. And we've talked about this a little bit on the show when we've talked about this basketball season so far. Mississippi State, the the, the men's team, they just they're going to have to they're going to have these turnover issues. I, I honestly believe until Nick Weatherspoon gets back. Now, I can be okay with that because of the fact like I just said, you, the guy who you intended to be your starting point guard is not currently playing. He's still got to sit out five more games. Um I can live with the turnovers if the turnover numbers improve once he gets back on the court. If they improve once he gets back on the court, I think Mississippi State is going to be fine. I think they will be. I don't. I. I think they will have a really solid season. I think they'll have a really good season once they get. But if he gets back on the court and the turnovers numbers are down and the rest of the team improves, I think this could be a really special season for the Bulldogs based off of what we've seen. Now, that's going to start to change possibly tomorrow. We're going to get a real idea of what Mississippi State is after they play their game tomorrow. Mississippi State did win, like I said, their game today in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. They won 80-66 to over Tulane. It was a really good game for a lot of the players. Mississippi State uh, was led by, at least in the scoring column, by Iverson Molinar, who continues to have just a really impressive start to his freshman season. Uh, he had 21 points on the, on the day. Tyson Carter had a very interesting day. He had he ended up scoring, uh, I think, 19 points, and had, but he had, he had a double-double, but he had a double-double because of rebounds. He had 11 rebounds in the day. He was the team's leading rebounder, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick and pull up the box score because I had it just a second ago. Let's see, box score, where are you? Yeah, he was the team's leading rebounder. He had he ended up with 11 rebounds on the day. Um, the next closest was Abdul Adu, who had nine, and Reggie Perry. Reggie Perry only had five rebounds. He's he's had an interesting year this year. He's having a good season. Uh, he's currently averaging uh, 13.8 points per game. He is averaging 9.8 rebounds per game. But there have been times when he hasn't been able to get the rebounds like we thought he would. But there have been times when he's racked up a baton. So, like I said, it's, it's just been kind of an interesting to watch. But... Uh, like I said, the team just had a really good, good, solid game today against Tulane. They shot twenty-six of forty-three from the field. That's good for, uh, that's good for sixty-point-five percent. They were sixty-eight percent from the floor in the second half. I mean, they just really put on quite an offensive performance in the second half of the game. Uh, they were. 55% from three-point range, six of nine in the second half. Uh, they hit a, a high percentage of their free throws, 17 to 21 for 81%. And they just really took it to Tulane, especially in the second half. Now, uh, Tulane just they just couldn't get anything going offensively. They they're in the they're at one point in this game. I think Mississippi State, Mississippi State was up to like 25 points, uh, and then Tulane kind of cut into that lead just a little bit as the game got into. As the game got into into garbage time a little bit there, but Mississippi State, like I said, they got they had a really nice performance against Tulane. They end up winning eighty to sixty six, and now they take on 
Villanova, who is off to well, I mean, it's, they're off to a good start. They're three and one. They are ranked uh, number seventeen in the current AP poll. They were as high as ten in the AP poll in the previous week's AP poll. They were number ten, but they had a game against Ohio State and they got beat pretty badly. Uh, Miss, uh, Villanova t- took on Ohio State. Uh, they played them in Ohio. Uh, it was a true road game, and they, like I said, they got beat pretty badly. They lost seventy-six to fifty-one. So, uh, not a good, not a good performance for the for the Wildcats. Probably does it. You know, is that something that is going to be? Is that going to like set off any alarms for Villanova? I don't know. Look, they're a good team. They've been a good team for a number of years. They won the national championship just a few years ago. Uh, but they are a they are a very talented team. But like I said, that might the one challenge that they have had this year, they did not perform very well in it. So what does that mean for Mississippi State? Uh, I don't know. It's really hard to gauge what Mississippi State is going to be able to do in this game against Villanova, just because Mississippi State hasn't had a huge test. Now look, they. They obviously faced a lot of adversity when they played Sam Houston State earlier this year. Being down by 18, they're mid, about midway through the second half and ended up making a comeback and winning that game. But they probably never should have been down by 18 in the first place. So let's just take a look at what Villanova is. It's interesting that Villanova, what Villanova actually is. They are Their scoring leader is actually somebody who comes off the bench. Uh, his name is Cole Swider. Uh, he averages 15.3 points off of the bench, which is really, really good. Uh, most of it is because of his three-point shooting. He's he's a, he's a good shooter from the field. He's 22 of 39 from the field, but most of what he most of the shots he takes comes from three-point range. He is currently hitting 51% of his three-point field goal attempts. I don't expect that to hold through when when he when the Wildcats take on Mississippi State on Friday afternoon. Let me look and see what he did against the against Ohio State and just see if there was a drop off or if he's really done this against you know inferior competition. Uh Cole Swider, I know, I mean he was three of six from three point range against Ohio State. So I mean he he's he's been he's been consistent. Uh he, he's a guy that just seems to be an instant offense guy uh for Villanova when they bring him off the bench. So uh will he be able to do that against Mississippi State? I don't know. That's because Mississippi State that's one of the things that they've been able to do very, very well is they have been able to play defense really, really well. Uh, right now, Mississippi State is giving up just, where is it? I had it a second ago. They're giving up just 59.4 points per game. So the, they're, they're, defensively, they're doing a really, really, really good job uh, against the, the the field goal percentage they're giving up. They're giving up just 39.2% of shots taken against them have gone in the bucket. Uh, they were only giving up 29% of the three-point attempts. And that's been one of the issues that the Ben Howland teams have had in these past couple of years is teams seem to be able to find – their stroke from three-point range. They haven't done that this year. Now, obviously, the competition has not been as stiff as it will be on Friday afternoon when Mississippi State takes on Villanova, but they've done what they were supposed to, at least for now. So we'll see if they can continue that on Friday against Villanova. But like I said, their, their best score comes in off of the bench. Like I said, that's Colas Wider. Uh, the rest of their starters, though, are pretty... The scoring is pretty balanced. They've got two guys who average 12.3 points 
uh, Robinson Earl, I don't know what his first name is. It's just, it's just abbreviated. It starts with a J. Uh, Sadiq Bay also averages 12.3 points. Justin Moore averages 11.8. Colin Gillespie averages 11.8. And their final starter, Jermaine Samuels, averages 9.3. They are a really uh, they're a pretty solid rebounding team from what I can tell. Let me pull those stats back up and see what they have done this year as a rebounding team. At least I think they are based off of what I have found. Yeah, they're averaging 40.5 rebounds per game. They're only giving up 30.4. I'm sorry, 34 rebounds per game. To give you a comparison, Mississippi State is about the same, but they're actually out-rebounding their opponents a lot more. They're getting about the same amount. They're averaging 40.8 rebounds per game, so basically 41, but they're only giving up 26 rebounds, which is re- what you kind of expected with having Abdul Adu as, you know, that's just kind of his job. He averages 5.6 rebounds per game. Reggie Perry averages 9.8, so he's getting right at 10, and Robert Woodard's getting 8 rebounds per game. So Mississippi State is doing a really good job on the boards. They're going to need to be able to continue to do that on Friday against a talented front court. The guy that you're going to watch, though, is Earl Robinson. I got to find his last. I got to find his first name. That's driving me crazy. Let me see if I can find his first name real quick. Uh, the Earl Robinson guy. What is his first name? Jer- Jeremiah. Jeremiah uh, Robinson Earl. He is a 6'9 forward, and he's from Overland Park, Kansas. So he's. He's their leading rebounder. He's their front court player. He's probably their best overall player. He's averaging a double double. Like I said, he was averaging twelve point three points per game and ten point three rebounds per game. So Reggie Perry is going to have his hands full with him. I'd be interesting to see if they put Abdullah Do on him to try to keep Reggie Perry from going into foul trouble. That might be something that that might be something that uh, Ben Howland looks into. That way you don't have him battling for those rebounds and because that's where a lot of fouls can end up coming for a team so I'll, I'll i'll be interested to see how ben howland handles that part of the lineup now uh like i said he's the guy that you have to watch out for in terms of rebounds in terms of shooting they're a good shooting team they are shooting currently where is their percentage actually they're not that spectacular they're only shooting 45 percent from the field i thought they were a little bit better than that but they are shooting really well from three-point range that's the difference they are a 41 percent They've hit 41% of their three-point attempts so far. Like I said, it's led by Cole Swider, who has a who's hitting 51% of his name. I'm assuming I pronounced his name correctly. S-W-I-D-E-R. I'm assuming that is pronounced Swider. Um, but they've got some other guys that can hit him too. Uh, Sadiq Bay, who is averaging, he's got he's hit 50%, eight of 16 on the year. Justin Moore's hit 10 of 20. Uh, Colin Gillespie's hit nine of 25. So they've got some guys who can hit from from long range. And like I said, this year so far in the first five games, Mississippi State has done a really good job of not allowing teams to just toast them from beyond the three-point arc. It's going to be a challenge to keep Villanova from doing the same thing. If they can do that, then they're going to stand a pretty good chance to win this game against Villanova and get a win over a highly ranked opponent. That would be spectacular if they can do it. We'll see if they can. I would feel a lot better about their chances to do it if they had Nick Weatherspoon out on the floor with them because he is the best defender on the team. Now, the Bulldogs have played really good defense. I, I went over the numbers a little bit earlier with you. I mean, they're giving up less than 60 points per game. 
But the one thing I think they could really improve upon is the number of points they score per game. They're only giving 73.6. They've been relatively efficient when they've taken shots. I mean, when you're hitting 51.2% of your field goal attempts, that's really efficient. But the problem is the efficiency numbers go down once you factor in the turnovers because they're averaging just under they're averaging just under 20 turnovers per game. Uh, they're averaging uh, 18.8, I do believe, turnovers per game. That's just too high. Uh, they have less assists than turnovers, and that's not what you want to see. Again, this could be because of the fact that Nick Weatherspoon is not playing. These numbers need to balance out a lot more once he gets there. If You can kind of justify some of this because of the fact that the guy you've got playing point guard for you while he may be one of the most experienced players in all of college basketball, he doesn't have a lot of experience playing the point, and he's just kind of filling in until they can get Nick Weatherspoon back in five games. So, like I said, you you, you can kind of justify that. You can kind of explain that those turnover things away, but you've at some point that's got to start fixing itself. And, and when you play a team like Villanova, a team that likes to shoot three-pointers, that likes to score points because they are a team that scores a pretty decent amount of points. Like I said, they're scoring um, they're scoring right at 81 points per game, giving up 63 points per game. Then you're going to need to take care of the basketball and not give Villanova extra possessions. That's the thing that you're going to have to really pay attention to. Look, I like Mississippi State's chances in this game. I do. I think I think Villanova probably when I wake up tomorrow, if I check the ESPN app and they actually have it correct, I think they will probably it'll probably show Villanova as like a seven to nine point favorite. I think probably that game against Ohio State is probably going to kind of temper the expectations just a little bit because, like I said, the one time they went out and they played a team that could challenge them, they did pretty poorly in it. So we'll see if. We'll see how that how that responds. How Mississippi State can if Mississippi State can do this, put forth a similar effort like Ohio State did against Villanova. Because if they can, they're going to have a chance to win. Like I said, if they can, the main thing I want to see, and the main thing I think that will give the Bulldogs a chance to win it is the turnover problem because they've just they've just got too many turnovers right now. Uh, currently, Tyson Carter averages three point four turnovers per game. Uh, Reggie Perry's averaging almost three turnovers per game. Robert Woodard's averaging two and a half turnovers per game. Iverson Molinar, he's averaging right at three turnovers per game. Um, DJ Stewart, just under two. Keyshawn Fazell is averaging uh, two, almost two and a half turnovers per game. Those numbers have got to come down. They've just got to. But even if you lose this game, you're still okay. If you're kind of looking ahead, you know, who might Mississippi State play if they win, if they lose? Baylor is, they won the third game in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, so they're in the winner's bracket as well. It was set up for it to be Mississippi State, Villanova, Baylor, and Utah in the winner's bracket, but Utah is did not play well. They lost by like 16 or 18 points to Coastal Carolina, so Coastal Carolina is in the winner's bracket to take on Baylor. Baylor is the 24th ranked team, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that. Yeah, they're they're ranked number twenty four in the in the AP poll. They also have a loss, and also just like Villanova, the one time that they were challenged, they lost. They their their one loss came to oh uh, their one loss came to Iowa State eighty three to sixty six. So, like I said, the teams that Mississippi State is probably going to have to play when they've been challenged when they've 
faced quality opponents. It's it's early, but when they faced quality opponents, they haven't played that well. So maybe Mississippi State can take advantage of that. Maybe, but maybe Mississippi State does the exact same thing. Maybe when they go and they take on Villanova, they don't pass the test very well. So. Like I said, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. I think Mississippi State can play well. It's just going to come down to the turnovers. Can they keep that from happening? Look, this is a good team. Like I said, even if you lose to Villanova, you've got a good chance to come out of this tournament with at least two wins because you should be able to get Coastal Carolina. Yes, they did beat Utah, but I was kind of looking a little bit at Twitter and early reactions to Utah is that that Utah team is might end up being a pretty bad team this year. And if that's the case, then you shouldn't have that big of a problem taking out Coastal Carolina. You just you just shouldn't. Utah should not have had a problem taking care of Coastal Carolina, but they did not. So you got a really good chance to come at least away with two wins. But if you can, like I said, if you can control the turnovers, I think you got an excellent chance to come away with, with three wins. And the one thing that this suspension issue is doing for the Bulldogs, like I said, if they can come away with at least two wins, then you've – what you're doing is you're building up your resume. You're you're putting it together a solid season so far before you even touch non before you even touch SEC play, and you're giving your players that you were going to need to count on later on in the season. You're giving them a lot of really valuable experience. I mean, Iverson Molinar has played just really really well so far. Like I said, he's averaging 11.4 points per game. DJ Stewart has been their main guy to come off the bench. He's averaging 10.2 points per game. So really impressive by both those guys. Um Iverson Molinar looks like he's going to be a pretty good shooter. He's right now he's 4 of 11 for the three-point range. And uh, he's gotten better as this year as the year has gone along. So he is putting together quite an impressive year. DJ Stewart is doing the same thing. And Keyshawn Fazell is averaging 18 minutes coming off the bench. Uh, he's only averaging 4.4 points and 4.4 rebounds, but you're getting quality minutes out of Keyshawn Fazell. He's actually hit two out of five three-pointers. He has developed some, and that's just something that I did not expect to happen. I wasn't really sure where the, the front court bench minutes were going to come from, but Keyshawn Fazell has done a nice job so far in providing Abdullah Du and Reggie Perry some much-needed relief. Can he keep it up? I don't know. We'll, we'll get a better idea of that tomorrow when they take on Villanova. But so far, he's done a really good job of stepping in and providing quality bench minutes that we hadn't seen. Right now, they currently have basically, I think it's an eight-man rotation. Yeah, or seven-man. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They basically have a seven-man rotation right now. Prince Adur has played some. He's averaging six minutes per game. Not that many, obviously. Uh, he's averaging, what's he averaging scoring-wise? He's averaging two points per game, uh, 1.6 rebounds. Not bad for six minutes, but you'd like to get a little bit more out of him. Uh, but once Nick Weatherspoon gets back, that seven, what is basically a seven-man rotation turns into an eight-man rotation. And... Iverson Molinar, when that can now become, he and both DJ Stewart can become spark plugs off the bench. So the team, I think, is going to reap some benefits of the suspension so long as they can continue to weather it the way they have. I told you guys at the beginning of the year, if they can find a way to get to 7-3 and three in these first 10 games, I think Mississippi State's going to be doing just fine once tournament time comes around. If they can get there 8-2 and two or 9-1 and one or heaven forbid 10 and 0 then i think you're going to be in really good shape like i said it'd be really great if they, Mississippi State could get to the final and take on baylor 
it would have been a really good storyline had Mario Keckler not gotten himself kicked off the team. Uh, I don't know what happened. I tried to dig into that a little bit, but I couldn't find anything except for the fact that he would have been indefinitely suspended. And instead of taking his indefinite suspension, he decided to go ahead and leave and play pro ball. So, you know, best of luck to him. But uh, if you don't remember Mario Keckler, he was part of that very first uh, really heralded class that Ben Hallen signed that very little panned out. The only player that's still on the team is Abdul Adu, and he is, you know, he's just a uh, he's just a role player. I mean, that's all he is. Uh, Lamar Peters left after last year. Mario Kegler transferred after his freshman season to Baylor, and he, like I said, he's now kicked off the team. You've got a couple other guys that never just really panned out. So uh, it would have been an interesting story had Mario Kegler not gotten kicked off the team if Mississippi State could have played Baylor, but that's taken off the window. Uh, so, anyway, like I said, it should be it should be a fun game to watch. If a lot of us probably won't be able to watch it because most of us will be at work, uh, I kind of followed along on Twitter as it was being played today. I tried to uh, you know watch a little bit as I could, but uh, you know when you're working and teaching, you don't get a whole lot of opportunities for that. So, uh, just a really like I said, we'll find out a lot about what this team is made of when they take on Villanova tomorrow. My prediction. Uh, the turnovers are still worrying me a little bit. I think Mississippi State can can hang with Villanova. I think they'll keep it close. Uh, let's say Villanova wins seventy five to sixty eight. That's kind of about where I'm expecting. I don't know if they will cover because I don't know what the spread's going to be. But that's about where I see it. I, but I do think Mississippi State can win. Like I said, I just if they can take care of the ball tomorrow, I think they're going to have an excellent chance to win. But I, they haven't done it so far this year, and when they're playing their first quality opponent, I don't expect that to improve. So, All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and cut the show off there. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and as always, well, actually, hopefully on on the early of the week edition of the show next week, we will be discussing a Mississippi State win in football. That should in all likelihood happen, and be great if we're discussing, you know, a 3-0 weekend for the, for the men's basketball team, and you know, possibly talking about this being a team being in the top 25 when the next AP poll gets put out. So, all right, like I said earlier, appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, until next time, hail state.